You're listening to Gyrus City Orlando's podcast, where we believe that you were designed, purposed, and positioned to change the culture. We hope this week's episode encourages and inspires you. Enjoy the message. Amen, amen, amen. How are we doing today? Oof, I said, how are we doing today? Amen, amen. So last week, we began a series that we are calling... That's good. Let me, let's try that again. I said last week we began a series that we are calling Build the, City. Build the City. And how because God is with us, there are certain things in our hearts that we need to switch. And the first one of those was that we needed to go from sight to vision. Say that with me. Say we need to go from sight to vision. All right. And how, how sight only sees and takes into account what is right here, right now in the natural and how vision looks past what is seen and accepting what God is calling something despite what it looks to be. Amen? Then we talked about how we had to go from apathy to action. How this year, if we were going to build the city, we needed to stop acting like it isn't our responsibility to create growth for ourselves and our ministry. That crazy faith requires crazy actions. And we finished by saying that we needed to go from glory to glory. How if we were going to build the city, we needed to progress. You can't stay at the same level and expect more opportunity. Amen? And last week, we made a commitment. Do you guys remember what that was? Last week, we made a commitment to to be all in. Last week, we made a commitment to not hold back. Say that with me. Say, I will not hold back. (laughs) And this week, I was spending time in prayer, um, you know, because I'm super spiritual or whatever, you know. Like God was speaking to me, and I spoke back in tongues. I was like, and, you know, and then I was taken up to the third heaven. If you haven't caught it, it's a joke. I'm just kidding. I'm not that spiritual. All right. Amen. Cool. Um, so I, I had the topic in the scriptures picked out for this week and, and everything, but I really wanted to listen to, <coughs> praise God, to what God was saying. Um, so I said, God, what do you want to tell your people this week? And it wasn't an immediate response, but as I kept seeking God, I felt God put this on my heart. He said, Gabriel, Tell my people that if they're going to be all in, if they're not holding back, this means that there is no looking back. That if they're not going to hold back, that there is no looking back. And if you're taking notes today, that's the title of my message today. It is no looking back. I'm not going to do it. I will not look back. My eyes will be fixed on Jesus and I will press forward. There's no looking back. And tonight, I just want to spend our time together looking at Exodus 14. Um, If you have, uh, you know, your Bible apps and and stuff like that, you can open that up and you can go there, you know. Um, And and I really feel that as we read and dissect the scripture tonight, we'll walk away equipped and encouraged to not hold back and to not look back. So really quick, I want to give you some context before we dive into Exodus 14. We're picking up the story of God's people as they were being freed from 400 years of bondage and slavery. And they're making their way out of Egypt, and and they have two possible routes to take so so that they could make it to the land God had promised them. The first route, the easy route, would have had them face the Philistines. You guys know the Philistines? You ever heard that in church? The Philisteo. Is it Philisteo or Philisteo? Philisteo. All right. I did not pay attention in church. 
Um, so the first route was going against the Philistines. Was, it, was, it was the shortest route to the promised land because God had freed them from Egypt, freed them from bondage, freed them from slavery, and it was the quickest route to get to the land that God had promised them. But the thing is, God knew that if they were to go that way, and they would have to fight their way through. And God knew that the shape that, the people of his, that, that his people were in, they weren't ready for a fight. God knew that if right out of bondage, right from the moment they got out of slavery, right from the moment they were freed, that they had to fight, they wouldn't be ready. They wouldn't be ready to fight. And once they were faced with the fight, they would choose to go back to Egypt. They would choose to go back to slavery. They would choose to go back to bondage. So God, knowing this, he decided to take them the second route. Although it was longer, he knew it would be better for them. And Man, if that's not our word... <laughs> You know, sometimes we, we want the quick route. We want the quick way. But God likes to take us the long way because it's better for us. And that's a word for me. That's a word for me. I, I, I tend to want God to do things quickly my way. And God's like, no, no, no. I'm, I'm going to take my time with this because how many of us know that good things take time? Rome wasn't built in a day, you know, that saying. You know, like the greatest masterpieces in the world were not achieved quickly. They were achieved uh, with quality. You know what I mean? They took time. They took effort. They took patience. So with that being said, we're picking up the story in verse 5. Exodus chapter 14, verse 5. It reads like this. When word reached the king of Egypt that the Israelites had fled, Pharaoh and his officials changed their minds. What have we done letting all those Israelite slaves get away? They asked. So Pharaoh harnessed his chariot and called up his troops he took with him 600 of Egypt's best chariots, along with the rest of the chariots of Egypt, each with its commander. The Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, so he chased after the people of Israel, who had left with fists raised in defiance. The Egyptians chased after them with all the forces in Pharaoh's army, all his horses and chariots, his charioteers and his troops. The Egyptians caught up with the people of Israel as they were camped beside the shore near Peheroth, across from Baal Zephon. As Pharaoh approached, the people of Israel looked up and panicked when they saw the Egyptians overtaking them. They cried out to the Lord, and they said to Moses, Why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? What have you done to us? Why did you make us leave Egypt? Didn't we tell you this would happen while we were still in Egypt? We said, Leave us alone. Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. It's better to be a slave in Egypt than a corpse in the wilderness. But Moses told the people, Don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue today. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. Can I get an amen? So my first point today is this. My first point is your past will pursue you. Say that. Say your, pa- your past will pursue you. And you might be like, but, but Gabe, I thought God forgave me of my past. I, I thought it was washed away forever. Yes, you're right. God forgave you of your past. He did forget your past, but your past didn't forget you. God forgot it, but the past didn't forget you. Right as you begin to try and walk out your calling, your past will creep up on you. The addiction will try and tempt you to come back. The text from an ex who wants to reconnect will come. It'll, it'll say, hey, how you doing? Hey, how are you? Or, I just wanted to say I really appreciated everything you did for me in that time of my life that, you know, blah, blah, blah. It, it'll come. And, and, and you know, they'll, they'll be super nice and they'll, they'll, really, they'll, they'll probably really mean it. 
But the thing is, like, right as you begin to find healing, the person who hurt you just happens to try and make their way back in your life again. Right? As soon as you join student leadership, your anxiety comes back. As soon as you try to walk in joy, the depression comes back. As soon as you try and forgive, forget, and move on, the enemy whispers in your ear, but I can't believe they would even do that. I can't just forget, fill in the blank. But can I encourage you? You know you're going the right way when you're facing opposition. Like in any game ever, the only time the opposing team tries to stop you is when you're getting close to the goal. The only time the enemy, the team, the people opposing you, the only time they'll ever try and shut you down, the only time they'll ever try to steal what's in your hand, the only time they'll ever try and pull you down is when you're going the right way, is when you're going towards the goal, right? But here's what happens to most of us. When the past comes calling, when the past comes running after you, when it pursues you, you look back. We look back. And, and the moment you get your eyes off Jesus is the moment you begin to sink, is the moment you begin to fall. I mean, like, like Peter, right? When he stepped out of the boat, he was walking on water. He was doing the impossible, walking towards Jesus. But the moment he let what was around him, the moment he let his surroundings catch his attention, was the moment he began to sink, the moment he lost sight of Jesus. The moment you lose sight of God, you get lost in looking back. You fall. You go back to how you used to be. Look at the people of Israel. When they looked back and they saw that the Egyptians were following them, this is what they said. Um, they said, uh, why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? What have you done to us? Why did you make us leave Egypt? Didn't we tell you this would happen while we were still in Egypt? We said, leave us alone. Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. It's better to be a slave in Egypt than a corpse in the wilderness. What the past will make you think is it was better to be in bondage than to struggle. <laughs> I would have preferred to stay stuck in that situation where, you know what, maybe I wasn't right with God. And you know what, maybe I wasn't doing the right thing. And you know what, maybe I wasn't living the way God wanted me to live. But you know what, it wasn't as hard. I didn't feel that guilty. I didn't really feel guilty when I was doing it, but now that I'm trying to, you know, live the way God wants me to live, all of a sudden, life gets hard. You know what, God, I'm starting to think that it's not worth it. And here's the thing. Check this out. Check this out. This is what they say. They, they blame Moses. They blame the person leading them, right? They say, Moses, it's your fault. How many of us know that they're not mad at Moses? They're mad at God. They're not mad at Moses. They got, they got beef with God. But... Obviously, they're not going to say it. That, that's not, that's not they, don't, they, don't, they don't know that. But, you know, there's a reason they didn't go back, though, because they could have gone back at that time, right? They could have gone back. But here, it's, it says it in the next verse why they didn't go back. But Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. They didn't go back because they had a leader in their life. They didn't go back because, because they had a leader that God had put in their life that helped them get out of Egypt, get out of bondage, get out of depression, get out of anxiety, get out of pornography, get out of anger, out of bitterness, out of unforgiveness. There will always be someone to lead you out of your Egypt. And if you haven't found the person to lead you out of Egypt, question yourself, am I still in Egypt? 
Because a walk with God is not walked alone. It's walked in community. God will not have you walk out your faith alone. That's not how this works. Amen? So, so I, I want you, to, I, I want you to, to really ask yourself, am I still in Egypt? If someone's not leading me, am I still in Egypt? Because when someone's leading you, when God puts that person in your life, they're like, hey, that's not who you are anymore. You don't talk like that. Hey, no, 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 we don't think like that. Hey, you actually, we, we, don't, we don't gossip. And by the way, let me define gossip. Let me define it. It's talking about news that is not about you. That is gossip. If it is not your situation, then it's not your situation to talk about. Even if it's your friend, not your situation. If you're not directly involved, guess what? You honestly really don't have the entire story. Because you have the filtered version. You have the side of the person that you're friends with. And of course, they're not going to give you the real version. They're going to give you the version that makes them look good. They're going to give you the version from their emotional perspective. So, sidetracked. But anyways, so they're going to be like, hey, no, 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 no. Keep your eyes on Jesus. I know it's hard. But if you keep your eyes forward, if you keep your eyes on what is ahead of you, then you're going to get there. You're going to get through the difficulty. You're going to get through the hardship. God will make a way for you. Because let me speak some life over you right now. Your past, it may pursue you. Yeah, your past, it'll come after you. It'll try and bring itself back up in you. People will be like, oh, you're going to church? Are you, you're leading blah, 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 Jairus City? Oh, you're serving as a student leader at Jairus City? But you're too shy. You, you don't. Oh, but you, you, you got a potty mouth. What you, what are you doing? Oh, you, but you just cussed so-and-so out. What you, what you mean? Like, you, you just smacked me yesterday. What you talking about? We just got into a fight and you invited me to church. Um, your past, it may pursue you, but, but son, daughter, can I, can I tell you something? It may pursue you, but it has no say on who you are and who you are becoming. It has no say in that. It has no authority in that. God says you are called. God says you are chosen. And there is no devil in hell. There is no demonic oppression that can pursue me, that can hold me back from what God has declared over me. Shall I'm not looking back. I said, shout, I'm not looking back. You can call me, but I'm not looking back. You can run after me, but I'm not looking back. You can be right there, but I'm not looking back. You can tap on my shoulder, I'm not looking back. I'm not. I'm not looking back. I got my eyes on Jesus. There's nothing my past could have to offer me that my God cannot give me. And that brings me to my second point, point number two. You'll be, you'll be provided what you need. God will provide everything you need as you're on your way to the promise. And in Exodus, as God's people were leaving Egypt, he provided them with four things. The first thing was this, was leadership. And I can't stress this point enough. If you don't have a leader in your life, you need to have one. I need to have leaders in my life. I have several leaders in my life who at any given moment can say, hey, I see this, change that. Or hey, I see that, that's not good. Or hey, um, so you're telling me this is what happened? Yeah, wasn't the right move. I actually need you to go to apologize to that person. I have those leaders in my life. Even people, you know what? Like I, I, had, a, I had a friend 
he said this to me. He said, if you're humble enough, anyone can be your mentor. If you're humble enough, anybody can lead you. You can learn from everybody. Right? And we need a leader in our life, man. We all need someone who has walked with God faithfully and walked with God for a longer time than we have to guide us. And notice, those are the two key words. They need to have walked with God faithfully, as in they are not walking away every other season, as in they are not like wishy-washy with their convictions every other season, that they believe in God, they walk with God in the good seasons and the bad seasons. They're there. And they have to have walked with God longer than you. Now, I'm not saying you, you can't, you know, take input from people who have walked with God about the same time as you. That's fine. But you still need somebody with more experience and more wisdom to lead you. Amen? So that's why here at Jairus City, we have leaders who pray for you before you. They even knew you. Our leadership team here is committed to investing in you and your life and to help making you become the person God wants you to become. And let me make it clear. We see you as people, not projects. You are people, not projects. All we want is for you to live a life in your purpose with joy and peace. So if you don't have a leader yet, someone who keeps you accountable to your goals and to your purpose, I want you to like, connect with someone. Connect with somebody. Connect with me. Connect with Janae. Connect with Ashley. Connect with someone. There are, there are leaders here that are willing to talk to you, willing to sit with you, willing to listen to you. Like listen, not just give you their perspective on things. Like just listen and let you figure it out on your own. They're there for you. They're here for you. So if you don't have a leader yet, we're here. Amen? And can I say, you would not believe the kind of growth and joy that is available if you would allow yourself to be led by someone who is led by God. So the second thing that God provided was protection. Look at what it says here in verse 19. It says, Then the angel of God, who had been leading the people of Israel, moved to the rear camp. The pillar of cloud also moved from the front and stood behind. Hey, your, your past may be pursuing you, but it, it can't catch up to you. Your past, it can run after you, but it's not going to catch up to you. And like, like, if you feel like you don't know where... And, Sidetrack, if you feel like you don't know where God is leading you, like if you're like, man, God, you know, man, I just, I don't know where you're leading me in this season, God. Like, well, we were tight. You know, we were cool. We were two peas in a pot. We were like homies, God. We were friends. We were best friends. We used to kick it. We used to hang out every single day. And it's like God has disappeared. Like he's not even there. I don't feel him. I don't, you know, I don't know where he went. I, I want to propose two things to you. Number one, um, so if, if that happens, if you feel like you don't know where God is leading you, one, follow the one God has leading you. They'll tell you where to keep going. So a leader. If you haven't, if you don't know where God is leading you in a season, I'm pretty sure that someone outside of your situation can look into your situation and say, okay, this is, this is, this is, this is what I think what's happening. And if we don't know, hey, man, we'll pray with you. We'll pray with you. And number two, maybe you don't feel God leading you somewhere. Maybe you don't see God in front of you because he's protecting you from what's behind you. Because look what it says. It says, the angel of God who had been leading the people of Israel moved to the rear of the camp. The pillar of cloud also moved from the front and stood behind them. Maybe you don't see God in front of you because he's covering your backside. He's covering you. He's making sure that whatever's back there, whatever's trying to harm you, whatever's trying to pull you back doesn't catch up with you. Amen? 
So before you go and start claiming that God has left you, as we tend to do because we're really emotional, understand God didn't leave you. No, no, no. God is fighting for you. Amen? The third thing God provided them was the cloud itself. You know, like it says, it says the cloud, the pillar of the cloud. The cloud was no doubt in my mind, um, it, it would no doubt, it would provide shade for the Israelites. So what is this saying? God, God, will, God will provide with you with rest. Right? I'll tell you this. A lot of us have not rested in a long time. You sleep every day. When's the last time you actually rested? You know the difference between rest and sleep? Sleep, you just, I don't know how to explain it. Just go to sleep. But I mean, how many of us sleep a week, we still wake up tired? Can I get an amen in the house? I'm, I'm trying. Like, we sleep, but man, when's the last time we got rest? And you know what? Some of you, in fact, some of you haven't rested ever. You don't even know what rest is like. You have never entered into the rest God can provide you. You have no idea. And you know what? Some of you tonight, when we sang Fall Afresh, that was the first time your soul has ever rested. And you didn't even know it. You, you, you didn't know what this peace was that came over you. This feeling of safety. This feeling of joy. It was overwhelming. That, my friend, that is rest. And rest is a promise that God makes to us. Jesus has a famous line. He says this. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Rest is a promise. Like there's more of it available, but it's only available in his presence. And his presence is only available if you come to him and you don't look back. Because it says, he says, come to me, all of you who are, who are weary. Come to me. In God's presence, there is rest. In God's presence, we also find our fourth thing, which is clarity. God gave them a cloud by day to bring them shade, to bring them rest. And, and by night, he would give them a pillar of fire. Yeah. You see, fire produces light. Light allows you to see. In God's presence, we find clarity. Amen? When we have clarity, we realize that there really isn't anything to be afraid of. Because God will bring us clarity. When God gives us clarity, he helps us navigate in times where we would feel like we don't know where we're going or where, or, or where we even feel like just lost. God does bring clarity, but understand this, God will also bring you into what seems uncertain. You can have clarity on a situation and still be unsure about how, to, how God is going to bring some, something to pass. Amen? And this leads me to my third point. I know it was a little confusing with the little four subpoints in the second one. Amen? My third point is this. You'll be led into what seems uncertain. Let's take a deeper look. God is leading his people to the shores of the Red Sea. Right? Because, you know, this, this, is the to- this is the chapter where uh, you guys know, like, Moses, um, ah, and the sea splits, like, whoosh, and they walk through it, and, you know, and then they escape, and the Egyptians are like, ah, and then he's like, no, nah, and then the water goes, whoosh, and they're just like, and then they drown and die. Um, all of them, all 600, all dead, gone, kaput. Um, so this is that chapter. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so I want you to know, um, in that moment, like, we can read it, and we know what's going to happen. So when we read it, we don't feel like, like, man, y'all tripping. Like, God's about to deliver you. Like, what are you doing? 
Like, why are you freaking out? God's going to literally split the sea for you, dog. Like, yo, you look so dumb. Like, let's be honest. Like, when we're reading how they're freaking out, because we know God's going to split the sea, we're like, yo, these people are tripping, bro. Yo, these people are bugging. They're crazy. They're, they're wild. They, they have no faith. But it's crazy because they didn't know the miracle that was awaiting them. You know what? If someone 20, 30, 40, 50 years from now were to look at a story of our life that is written out and they were to see the chapter a month before God did the miracle, they'd be like, yo, these people are crazy, bro. They're wild. They're freaking out for nothing. They're bugging. They have no faith. Because the people at the time, they didn't know the miracle that awaited them. All they knew was, oh, my gosh, there is no way out of here. Because just guess what? In front of them was the Red Sea, an ocean. Guess what? An ocean had never been split in half before. Not that we know of. God had never split an ocean in half for you to walk through. So like, that's not the first thing that pops in their minds. Oh, God's going to split the sea for me. Ha ha. He makes a way. Yes. Like they, they didn't think of that. You know? So they have an ocean in front of them. You're like, why don't they just go to the left? Why don't they go to the right? Well, to this side, to their right, is a mountain. And to this side, to the left... There's actually a mountain, and behind them is the Egyptians that are trying to kill them. So they're just like, all right, God, thanks for, there's clearly no, I don't, like, are we going to all of a sudden float? Like, are you, I don't know, are you, because I mean, imagine, like, the most practical miracle they could have probably thought of at the time was, oh, they'll just leave us alone. You know what I mean? If God, if God, like, maybe the person with the most crazy faith is like, you know, God, God will just probably have them turn around, you know, or like the mountain will fall on them and they'll die. Like, like they're like, oh my God. And they're like dead because the rock crushed them. They're like, ha ha, we will pray for the mountains to fall on them. But like how many of us know these people aren't praying for the ocean to be split in half because they've never seen that before, right? They were led into what seemed uncertain, now, don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying God's going to bring you into confusion. I'm not saying God is going to confuse you. Now, what I mean by confusing you is God is not going to say one thing and then give you another thing. God is not going to say, I'm going to bring you out of this situation and then not bring you out of it. That's not, that's not who God is. What I am saying is you're probably not going to know how God's going to bring you out of this situation. And that's okay. Amen? So in front of them was the Red Sea, mountains on each side, and the Egyptians looking to kill them behind them. They were stuck. They were stuck. And I don't know. I don't know if, maybe it's just me. Man, anybody in here ever feel stuck in life? You ever just feel stuck? Like, like I've, I've been alive for like, I've been alive 20 years, right? 20 and a half years. And, like, I don't know, man, like, these past few, like, it just, like, it feels like, man, like, I'm stuck. And not, not for nothing, like, I mean, but it's like, you know, there, it feels like life should move in these kinds of sequences where, like, you know, I should, I go to high school, and then I graduate high school, and then I go to college, and then I graduate college, and then, you know, like, I find me a fine honey, and then I marry that honey. <laughs> Can I get an amen? And then me and that honey, you know, we were married, and then eventually down the line, you know, we had little babies, and those babies are cute. And then eventually down the line, those babies go to school, and I take them to soccer practice. Ew, no, not soccer. I take them to basketball practice and baseball and volleyball, and then they're fire, and then they go to the NBA or the NFL, 
NFL or the MLB. They get rich, and I'm good. They buy me a house. They buy me a Tesla. That's how it goes, right? That's how life goes. And I don't know, but, like, I'm not even looking at my notes anymore. I'm just, I'm just talking because, man, you know, like, there's things on my heart. Like, man, like, there's things God has spoken to my heart. And Janae knows the nights where I am speaking, I am frustrated because it feels like I am doing every possible thing to bring this to pass. And you can ask her, like, you can go up to her and ask her, like, right after that. As soon as I say, amen, question mark, let's pray, period. I literally have that written in my notes for every end of the sermon. <laughs> That's how I know I'm done. Like, I'll, I'll be writing, I'll be typing, and I'm like, ah, that's good enough. Enter, amen, question mark, let's pray, period. Um, and, like, I forgot what I was going to say. Um, what? Go and ask her, yes. There we go. Like, you can ask her, man. Like, you can ask, like, I... I, I feel like I'm doing everything I can. And then on top of that, because I'm so hard on myself, every time I make the smallest mistake, I will make it the biggest thing. Every time I make even the smallest mistake, even if when something doesn't go the way I had envisioned it in my mind, because there's always a gap between what I thought it was going to be and what it really is. When that happens, I want to quit. When that happens, bro, can I, tell, can, I be, can I be honest with you? Can we be hot for a second, humble, open, and transparent? Yeah, I took that from Transformation Church. Yeah. Can, can we be real for a second? Yo, I am always tempted to look back. There is not a moment, there is not a week where I'm not tempted to look back. Every week. It is easier to look back. It is easier to go back to Egypt. It is easier not to walk in the calling God has for me. It is easier to hold myself to a standard God does not hold me to. It's so easy. I'm always wanting to look back. It's hard, man. And I feel like I'm, I feel, I feel like I put in all my effort in. I just end up at a point where, you know, like, I've done all, I've, all, all I could do. I, I did everything that I could possibly do. And it's still not happening. There is no way I see myself out of this situation or into the next, the next period of my life. I'm doing everything, God. Am I missing something, God? God, I would rather go back. God, I, why did you bring me out here to die, God? Let me rephrase it for a way you could understand probably. God, why did you bring me here for my dream to die? God, why did you bring me here for my heart to die? Why did you bring me here for my hope to die? God, why does it feel like I'm dying? Why, God? I would have rather stayed over there. Because at least I felt like, at least I felt safe. At least I knew what was happening. At least I got to choose my slavery. At least I got to choose my bondage. At least I got to choose what would happen again and again and again and again. At least I got to choose it. And then God says, <laughs> he chuckles. He lets you rant for a little bit because he's a good father. So when you rant and you scream, he doesn't get back up in your face. 
He doesn't insult you. He doesn't get angry with you. Because he is the father of fathers. Like, literally, he is beyond patient with us. Because you know what? You know what? God, God understands. God knows. Like, God was a human too, you know? You know that? Jesus. God was a human. As in he felt every emotion you'll ever feel. All the depression, all the anxiety, all the heartache, all the grief, all the loss. Jesus lost his dad in his teens. Had to take care of the house. Jesus had people betray him. And the crazy part is the people that betrayed Jesus, he, like, he would take them back. Jesus would, crazy part is, Jesus would have taken Judas back. But we, we never knew that. Because Jesus, Judas condemned himself before God gave him an opportunity. Judas chose to end his story while God was, still wanted to write it out. But we see it with Peter. God, God brought him back. But all this to say, all this to say, God, 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 he, he lets you rant, right? And he, he, he's like, okay, are you done? He's like, all right. He's like, um, he's like, let, trust me. That's what he says. He says, trust me. And the thing is, God, God, God doesn't tell you what he's going to do. He's not like, I'm going to make this happen and this happen and this happen. God doesn't tell you that. He just says, hey, will you trust me? In a very kind, sincere voice, he says, hey, will you trust me? I really hope you will. Because I promise you, this is going to work out in a way better than you could have thought it could have. Can I tell you something? Doing outreach, um, like today was probably one of the hardest days for me, bro. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. Doing outreach, I, I go and I do it because God tells me to do it. I go out and I invite people to culture night. The majority of them, I'll, like, they have no interest. They think I'm some weird guy that's trying to invite them to a club or something. Um, but, like, they, their, their lack of interest doesn't stop me because, you know, I, I know that despite what I see, God's working and and I don't really let it get to me because I trust God. And I believe that God is working in the midst of everything. Um, but, man, I'm not going to lie. There came a point when I got home today, bro, I was just tired. Like, I was tired. It was a long day. I woke up early, got like five hours of sleep because I was watching Star Wars The Clone Wars, the series, because it's fire because I got Disney+. Plus. Um, uh, so I woke up early, because I'm trying to wake up early more often, and I went to the gym. It's a trash workout. I'm not strong. And then I went to class, which was long and boring. And then I did outreach, which I'm always scared to do outreach. I have this fear of rejection in me that doesn't want someone to be like, no, thank you. And like, it scares. It, it really scares me. Like, I, I don't want that to happen. I want them to be like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. Sure, yeah, I'll go. And then they come, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, you're here. They're like, yeah, oh, my gosh, I told you I would go. See, I filled out my cart. I wrote the date on it on everything. Um, and, but, man, I honestly just felt like, it, man, if I stopped trying, if I just stopped, would it even make a difference? If I didn't get here at 4 o'clock every week, it varies. Sometimes I'm late, not going to lie. Um, if I didn't, if I didn't put as much effort into this, would it make a difference? Like if I just coasted week in, week out, would it make a difference? You know what I mean? Like if I didn't go do outreach, would it make a difference? You know? 
if I stop investing so much time in this, would it make a difference? I was starting to look back. Like, I was like, like, I was like, what if I stop? Like, man, when you're being led into the uncertain, it is so tempting to look back because we can easily just get to this place where we say, I've done all that God has asked me to do. I have followed him. I have sought him. And at the end of it, I'm just tired and left with no little to no change. It's so easy to look back. To say, you know what, I'm going to stop trying so hard. You know what, I'll, I won't get here early for pre-service prayer. I won't get here early to pray. No point. You know what, I, I won't get here early to talk to some friends from youth group. I won't do it. I won't invite kids to culture night. And I definitely won't invite them to Wednesday. You know what, I... I'm not even going to, why am I even going to keep, if I have, why am I even going to keep bringing up my church? I've, I've put so much into it, but God has done little to nothing in return, which is such a selfish way of thinking, if we really think about it. But that's not the point right now. But can I just say, just wait on God. Hear me out, hear me out. Just wait. God is about, and I, and I believe, like, God God had me write this right now for you right now. Specifically, you. Yes, you. All of you. Yes. God is about to make a miracle come to pass in your life. In your life. In every single one of your lives. God is going to bring some kind of miracle to come to pass. He is. Because right, right when all hope was lost, when the people of Israel, when all hope was lost, when it seemed that doom was certain, when their past was about to catch up to them and they would have no choice but to look back, the man God had placed there said, I will obey God. You know what's crazy is that, it's crazy is that like, it's the people, they, they can be all jacked up, they can whatever, whatever. But if the one leading them, if he's like, you know what, oh, this is so hard. They're all yelling at me, and I feel it too. Because Moses felt the pressure too. But he says, I'm going to do what God said. And he lifts his hands. And then God brings a miracle. He lifts his hands, and then God brings a miracle. God splits the sea. Right now, think of the craziest solution to the uncertainty you face. God's going to do it. He might even do something crazy. He's going to do something unexpected for you. It may look uncertain. It may look like there is no way. But friends, can I tell you that our God is a way maker? It may seem like there is no way, but God said, oh, that's funny that there's no way. That's cool. Yeah, because um, I'm not like a copycat God. I don't like to copy and paste for every situation. I like to do something new in people's lives. He's a way maker. And you see, and God is telling you that deliverance is coming, that he will make a way. Look at your neighbor and tell them, my God's making a way. Come on, do it sassy. Say, my God. Say, my God is making a way. It looks, it looks like there is no way, but Yahweh is coming. Can I tell you this? This is the year of open doors for you. 
This is the year of split seas for you. This is the year of deliverance. God is saying, I'm on the way. Say, let me say, God is on the way. In conclusion, in conclusion, here we go. This year we will not hold back. This year we will not look back. God will provide all we need. Our past may pursue us, but our past has no hold on who we are or where we're going. He'll provide leadership, protection, rest, and clarity. He'll supply us with exactly what we need, exactly when we need it. And we'll be led into moments of uncertainty where we've just done all we could do, but we see nothing. God says, be still. I'm the way maker, and I'm on my way. Amen? Let's pray. Thanks so much for listening. We hope this week's episode blessed you. And if it did, share with your friends and family. And don't forget to subscribe and check us out on social media at Gyrocity ORL. Have a blessed day. And remember, you were made to change the culture.